Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Equipped to Be show. I am your host, Connie Albers. You know, there has been so much happen in 2020. Uh, I, I, you know, here we are at the time of this podcast at the recording, we are in June. That means half of 2020 is over. It's, it's gone. And I think for most of us, we have been experiencing emotions and anxiety, fear. You know, I've done all those different episodes uh, on those different topics. And it's just amazing how far we've been stretched, how much we've been asked to do or sacrifice or give, uh, the, the, the things that we have witnessed, the fear we have experienced, the frustration some people are on the front lines and they're having a whole different anxiety level. We've watched how parents who, millions of parents that had their kids in schools uh, abruptly told within a matter of days, you're now going to do school at home. I've talked about this a little bit, but on this episode of Equipped to Be, it's not going to be our standard uh, episode <laughs> And honestly, I think I'm just going to start saying there isn't a standard episode. Um, as your host, I kind of get to to make what is our standard going to be. Um, the standard is excellence. The standard is I'm going to show up every week. Sometimes it's more than once a week. And I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to bring in people that know what they're doing and what they're talking about. They've, they've you know, got miles on the tires. And, and that's what I'm going to give you as well. And something that's been impressed upon me, I've been doing a ton of interviews and speaking about uh, this whole schooling at home. And now most parents have either quit, they finished, or they just um, gave up. You know, they just, they couldn't do it. Uh, It wasn't working with this with the online format for them, not reaching their teachers. It was just, it was just chaos, right? It was just chaos for many people. And I have often said that this pandemic schooling that we were in, uh, that began in March, and, you know, we're still, many states are still just coming, at the time of this recording, they're still coming, you know, entering into phase one. And where I live, we're we're well into phase two. Uh, we can actually see a, a light at the end of, of the constant shutdown and, and uncertainty and anxiety, you know, and be honest, there was a, there was fear in the very beginning. Nobody knew what we were dealing with. And then obviously as something goes on, it moves from fear to confusion and then confusion to frustration. And then people get angry and then, and then all kinds of stuff happens. One thing that has happened that I am just getting bombarded with emails, uh, messenger, Instagram messages, uh, text messages, all kinds of stuff where people are asking me about homeschooling. And I'm just going to tell you, as of June 2020, 
there is anywhere between 30 and 40% of parents that had their children in private or public or charter school and in January or February at the beginning of this year, uh, they're actually considering homeschooling in the fall. Now, a lot of you are, are homeschool and you've homeschooled before. And, and I said, I started to say this and then I interrupted myself. Pandemic schooling is not the same as homeschooling. If you were homeschooling before COVID hit, then you were already in a rhythm and routine. And you were used to what it is that you were doing. You may have been having your kids go to, you know, what I call hybrid schooling. And hybrid schooling is like a two or three day drop off where your kids go and, you know, they're with other children, their peers age, and they're learning about the same topic together in a very small group usually. And then mom and dad supplement the teaching or make sure that whatever the assignments are get done. That's called a hybrid method. Some people call it university method. Some people call it two or three day drop off. But when you think, you know, as a homeschooler, you're already in the groove. So when COVID hit, I'm going to be honest with you, homeschoolers were just excited, not because they were excited about COVID, but because they were excited they could actually be home and get school done. Because here's a myth, homeschoolers aren't always home. And I know that's hard to comprehend if you've never done it before, but sometimes homeschoolers can get so busy with co-ops and activities and field trips and hybrid schooling that they're, they're actually not home a lot. They're doing school in the car. And it doesn't mean they're not learning because I'm going to tell you right now, homeschooling by definition, the true homeschooling, it has been proven and it has results. They're measurable by all standards, socially, academically, and emotionally. So that's what led me to talk about this topic right now. I am a veteran homeschool mama. I homeschooled all five of my children, and that journey was 21 years. I wasn't somebody who was just thinking I was going to start off that way. I was a career woman. I wanted to conquer the world. I was going to change the world. I was going to do all these things. But then when my children came along and I started to make some adjustments in what I was doing and kind of what my goals were, my husband asked me if I would uh, prayerfully consider homeschooling. And I said, sure. I, I didn't I didn't say it like, oh, yes, honey. I But I did say I would. And I said, hey, but here's the deal. I'm just going to do it. But if it stops working, I, I want out. No, no, like no questions asked. Just, I just want to send them to school and then we'll just be done. This is, this is an experiment. Well, for us, it worked. And then it kept working. Every year we would reevaluate what we were doing. And then it kept working. And then it was one year and then two years. And then it was, okay, well, I'll homeschool through elementary. But then when it hit middle school, man, they're going to school. And people have asked me why. And I'm like, because middle school is a critical season in child development. And that's for a whole nother topic. But I thought, you know, as they're changing, as they're leaving that childishness and they're entering the tween teen years where they're becoming adult-ish, I want to be there to help them navigate those hormones, the insecurities, the doubts and worry that they often experience in middle school. All right, we'll do middle school. And then it became, well, they're going into high school. I'm not going to homeschool high school. 
it's just, I can't remember chemistry and I never took calculus. Um, so I just can't do that. Then it became high school time. And those of you that know, I know me, my firstborn child is a natural learner and academics just came easy to him. And I started seeing this uh, passion for him in the field of math and science, but he was an avid sports enthusiast and he really wanted to play a collegiate sport. So I never discouraged him from doing that. And I would encourage you, I write about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules, you know, you don't when your children are dreaming about something, you don't squelch their dream, you help them pursue it, but you plant seeds of possibilities for your child along the way. So I just started planting little seeds about, hey, you know, you, you may want to consider this or this. So I decided I would homeschool high school because now they're through the hormonal period. They're not I'm not teaching reading and I'm not teaching, you know, I'm not teaching elementary school. Now we're into the good stuff, the stuff that your kids are really interested in. You know, you start to help them see and, and they start to reveal where their passions are and you get to help cultivate and nurture that. And that's how I ended up homeschooling all five of them from kindergarten all the way through. Well, Along that way, I, I, I ran many comb school organizations. And the reason why is because if, you know, it's just kind of my personality, I usually run uh, an organization or event or I'm, I'm in some form, I've always been in leadership. So I was running, you know, starting or running all these different homeschool organizations. And I kind of look back now and I realize that for me, God was writing the story of how I would end up actually writing Parenting Beyond the Rules. And I didn't know it back then. So where you're sitting right now, you may be considering homeschooling because of COVID. You may be considering homeschooling because, frankly, you don't like the way uh, our CDC is recommending our school systems operate. You don't think that would be a conducive environment for your kids. There's nothing wrong with that. You're the parent. You get to make that decision. Some of you might be considering it because, you know, like me, your husband just says, hey, would you consider it? If that is your situation, consider it. Take time to really think about it and pray about it. I've been seeing a lot of bloggers and people online saying, oh, it's so easy. You can do it. Well, let me just tell you, I have five children. I would never tell you it is easy. But I will tell you, you can do it. But I am going to tell you, you can't do it without a little bit of help and maybe somebody along the way to take your hand and say, yeah, that's a great decision. Or, you know, I've tried this before and it didn't work for my family. Now, there's a danger in doing that as well. And that is their kids aren't your kids. And that other mom that's giving you that advice um, may not have actually seen the results of a decision. Does that make sense? So I uh, was always involved in the legislative part of the homeschooling. I wanted to make sure that homeschooling laws were favorable to parents who chose homeschooling as their educational method. Does that make sense? I wanted to make sure that my children, that your children now, could participate in athletics and sports or music or band. I wanted to make sure that my children and now your children, because that's the way it works, 
I plowed the fields and now I'm able to, to turn around and say, Hey, here's, here's actually, here's how you do it. I've taken all five of mine through homeschooling and they all went on to college on academic scholarship and they graduated, which is pretty cool. And they had no debt and no student loans. Now you may be thinking, Connie, my kid's not, not, not able to go to college. I didn't know if mine were either. It's not a prerequisite. It was just something that was important to our family. So if you're considering homeschooling, I would encourage you, if you are married, make sure you talk to your spouse about it and you both are on the same page. Who's going to do what? Then talk to your kids about it. How do they feel about it? If they're reluctant, ask them to consider it and then paint pictures of possibilities for them. What could life look like if you have more freedom to pursue subjects that you're really interested in? What would it actually look like if we could do school on our own timeline and not according to somebody else's? What would it be like if we could do math on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and English on Tuesday, Thursday, or, you know, some variation, whatever, whatever variation, the most important thing is to realize you got freedom. You have freedom to teach in a way that your child learns. So if you're listening to this and you're considering homeschooling, I want you to write that down. Homeschooling, real homeschooling, and that just doesn't just mean that you're the primary teacher. It can, but it doesn't have to. It means you get to make that decision in, in unison with your child because your child becomes less reluctant when they know they're part of the decision-making process. It's part of why I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules. Kids want to learn. All research proves children love learning. The goal is to keep them loving learning. And the way you keep them loving learning is by helping them learn, helping them learn the love of learning by exploring areas that they are interested in. I'm a columnist for Homeschooling Today magazine. And one time I wrote about uh, exploration, creativity, innovation, and, and adventure. And in that, I talked about how those play into raising children and to teaching your children. Children are creative. They don't always think about what could go wrong before they start it. They're willing to start it and then it fails. And some of them will go into a meltdown and some will be like, well, that didn't work. Children love to explore. Children are are adventurous. Yes. Now you may be listening and thinking, but you don't know my children, Connie. You're right. I don't. But this is what I do know. In their own way, they are creative. They do have an adventurous spirit in their area. They love to discover and they love to explore. And as a mom and dad who chooses to homeschool your children, you're able to nurture and foster that love and those passions in your children because you don't have 20 or 30 other students to try to figure all that out for. You just have yours. So I, you know, going back to the policy making of, of homeschooling, if you are in that 20 to 40% range that are considering homeschooling, I'm just going to kind of tell you 10 insights. It's something that I wrote for a, a magazine and it's 10 insights that I would tell my younger self. 
Now, like I said, I homeschooled all five of my children, and I have been helping to shape and form the homeschooling movement now for 30 years. That's a long time. I've learned a lot along the way. I've learned what works. I've learned how to pivot, and I've talked with hundreds of thousands of homeschool parents, and not just homeschool parents, but parents, which is what led me to write Parenting Beyond the Rules. So when you're considering homeschooling, here's the 10 insights that I would tell my younger self, a.k.a. you. One, you got to have a vision. You have to have a vision for why you're going to do this. Why are you doing it? Is it because of the bullying in school or the socialization or fear? Fear of the virus maybe coming back in the fall or fear that there's just been some emotional trauma to your children and all of that's happened with since March to June. We, we as a country, we as families, we've been through a lot and you might feel like you would like to have your kids around you more in the fall to create a stable home and learning environment where you can control the distractions. I wouldn't say control, but where you can reduce the distractions. So homeschooling isn't a destination. It's a road that's going to take you where you want your family and where your children are going to go. That's really what homeschooling is. It's just, it's a road. It's a vehicle to help you get to where you're trying to go or, or, or where that child's trying to go. You know, I talk to parents all the time and they talk about how their child's either behind and they're getting frustrated or they start feeling like they're stupid. They don't have enough smarts. Everybody else in the class is smarter than them. And then I talk to kids, uh, parents that have their children in school that are gifted and they talk about how they're frustrated, they're acting up, they're bored because the teacher has to slow down to try to kind of keep everybody together. I remember when uh, my son was getting ready to enter high school, I was really close friends with an international baccalaureate teacher. And I had asked her many questions, and I asked her as an educator who teaches international baccalaureate, which those of you that might not know, that's an honors type of program that gets kids ready for college. And remember, my first son was a, you know, he was a natural learner, very good in, in science and math. Everything in the academic world just came relatively easy for him. He could read it and remember it. But that wasn't true for all of my kids. That may or may not be true for yours. And I asked her, how do you manage all those children? She goes, you shoot for the middle. When I heard that, I, it just kind of stopped me. It, it, it just I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought, okay, you shoot for the middle. And this was many years ago. And it helped me be able to talk to other parents that are making a very important decision on whether or not they were going to choose to homeschool their children or not. And I would say, shooting toward the middle, is your child an average child that would be in the middle? Because that's exactly what they'll, they'll get. Do they struggle? then they might get left behind. Are they gifted? Are they a natural learner? Then they might get bored. So point one, what is the vision for what you're trying to do? Help your kids understand what it is you're trying to do and paint a picture. This is the vehicle that's going to take you and our family 
where we're trying to go. Number two, there's, you've got to realize that you have to have and put in some preparation. Whether you buy a box curriculum like Bob Jones or some other box curriculum, there's, there's several different curriculum com- companies out there, Abeka, Bob Jones, others, where basically you buy the, the whole year for that grade and they send it to you. Whether you do that or you select specific subject, curricula for specific subjects, either way that you do it, you still have to prepare. You would not step into a classroom and open a planning book that had empty pages and think you would be able to know what you're going to do. You can't wing it. Now, what does that mean? You may be thinking, but Connie, I work. I get it. But you still have to prepare because you are, as a homeschooler, you are accepting the the responsibility of your child's education, right? If you send your child to a private school or a public school, then that teacher has the primary responsibility of the education of teaching your child. But when you homeschool, depending on if you, and I'm not going to go into all the different ways you can homeschool. I think I'll just make that another uh, topic. But when you have a child that you want to teach, you want to prepare, you want to figure out how does a child learn and how do you teach? And you may be thinking, okay, you've lost me already, Connie. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that is something that happens day in and day out as you start schooling your child. And those of you that have homeschooled from March till maybe even now, or at whenever you're listening to this, for those of you that have done that, that you may have learned some things about your children, like where their stressors are or how they get frustrated or where they get bored. You may have learned a lot from them, but that was an extenuating circumstance. That is not a, a normal environment, a normal educational environment, right? So prepare. If you're going to order your curriculum, join some groups that uh, do some research, talk to some friends, find out what, like I have a homeschool, I have a private homeschool group that we will share curriculum ideas or opportunities that come their way. And I'll, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll talk to them about different things they can do or how they can, you know, warn uh, things that come up legislatively that they need to be aware of or what, what to do with dual enrollment. It's just a whole plethora of, of information, but you want to prepare. So number one, you want to, you want to have a vision and you want to talk about it to your kids. You want to think of homeschooling as just, it's a road that's going to get your family where you need to go. Just like private school is a road and public school, and charter school. There's a lot of roads to get you and your child to graduation day. But I'm going to say, if you're going to choose to homeschool, you have to understand what that encompasses, which requires preparation. Know the books, order the books, and then go through them. Get an idea. What's the worldview, and why does that matter? Who is it written toward the student, where the child could just pick it up and just go with it? Or do they need more? Do they need, you know, do they need you to sit with them and read a lesson plan and help them through? Well, all that depends on the ages of your children. Elementary students, they need more of your time. Doesn't take a lot of time, but they need your time. You know, if they don't know how to read, 
you're going to need to sit with them and teach them how to read. And if they don't know their numbers or their letters or their shapes, or they don't know uh, addition or subtraction, division or multiplication or ratios or any of those, you'll have to teach that to them. And that goes with your preparation. That takes time. The third is, and this is what I tell my younger self, uh, it's going to cost money. Homeschooling doesn't cost as much as private school. It costs more than public school, but it is going to cost you money. You are going to have to get curriculum. You're going to have to get their supplies. You're going to have to get a few staples for you to be able to teach them what they need to learn in that year. Like I said, homeschooling can be done relatively inexpensive because there's so many places to buy used curriculum. And that's a great way to be able to save money as well. So know that it is going to cost money, but it doesn't have to cost a lot. Fourth, understand the importance of time. Time is one of your greatest gifts, and it's one of the greatest gifts you can give your child. You get to help shape and mold them in the safety of your home. Every day, you get to remind yourself that your child will only be this age for a blip, short bit of time. And I know when you're in the trenches, it is very hard to keep that in perspective, especially if you have a child having a meltdown saying, I hate writing. I don't understand math. I want to quit. And you may be saying, I do too. That's <laughs> okay. Because we all have those days. But it's critical that you guard your time of learning, that you don't choose a quick and easy way, because that's not always the best way. There are so many meaningful lessons that come just by spending time together. So if you do more, you get more. It's just a simple equation. Often other people aren't going to care as much about your child's education as you do. And that's one of the benefits of homeschooling. It's something that I learned along the way. We had some great people who helped in hard subjects, like when we needed physics or calculus. And when we needed writing, you know, we were doing writing of, of essays and papers. I wanted that done in a peer group environment. We'd gather, you know, so many children and they would write their assignment and then we would get together once a week and they would read them. And, or they would read somebody else's and they would critique them. There's so much value in having somebody else read your work. And that same, same goes true with your kids. I know as an author, when I was writing Parenting Beyond the Rules, you know, the first draft that you write is never the final draft. It has to go through a series of revisions and that takes time. So, as I think about what I would tell my younger self, I would say there is a lot, there's an importance of time. Your investment in your child's life and education is unmatched to anything else you will ever do. The fifth thing would be the importance of understanding. Understanding that your child is the most valuable tool there is. You take that time to study and get to know your child. Not the, not the child, your, your best friend's child, or the, the kids in the co-op, or the kids in the, their best friends even, or your best friend's kids. No, get to know your child. Watch them. Listen to them. 
play with them. You'll learn so much about who they are, which in turn helps you guide them into the person they are to become. Love what you get to do and view it that way. It is a privilege. It's something that many of us worked very hard to make happen. As we were teaching our own children, we were trying to shore up this movement, this homeschool movement for you and for the millions of kids who have also been homeschooled. You don't have to know it all to be a great teacher. You know, the truth is, you're going to grow into your role. If you decide, if you're one of those parents, and again, 20 to 40%, that's millions of kids that could possibly be homeschooled in the fall. If you are one of those, you're going to grow. The person or the teacher or the classroom that you set up, which, you know, everybody usually starts off with a classroom because they think school needs to be what they see in the school. And, and I'm not going to say, okay, no, don't do that because you all start somewhere. But where you start, you're going to grow and you're going to learn and your child's going to learn and you're going to learn more about your child and your child's going to say, I don't like this curriculum. And you're like, okay, well, we can change it. Here's my, here's my important tip. If the curriculum that you've bought doesn't work or isn't working or your child is really frustrated by it or you don't even like it, it's okay to change. Pretty much they all cover the same subjects. They just either do them in a different order, they have a different worldview, or they're, they're addressed in a different manner. So it's okay to change it. It's okay to lay one down and say, we're not going to do that. We're going to try this this science book or this history book, or we're not going to use history books. We're going to get library books. We want to get library books, or we want to get curriculum that is recently written so that it has, you know, everything that's totally up to date. This is one piece of advice that comes from decades of traveling down this road. If you understand the child that you have, teaching them becomes so much more pleasant for you and your kids. And number six, the importance of relationships. See, no one can replace you. I think in recent weeks, we have seen the impact of a mom's love. Mothers have been for centuries devalued. Oh, you're just a mom as if that's some lowly job. And I'm going to tell you as a mom of many that are now all adults, that is your greatest ministry. To have the opportunity to shape, form, mold, and fashion another human being, there's just nothing greater. Not being CEO of some big company or some muckety-muck, it's not going to matter. What matters is when you hear, when your kids are adults and they pick up the phone and they call you just because they're thinking about you, not because they have to. Now, it takes a lot to get from point A to where I am, where my kids are now all adults, but it's a really cool picture. And I want you to get that in your mind. 
You know, if you've ever heard me speak at a conference, I often talk about uh, painting pictures of possibilities. And there's a reason for that. It's because many, many years ago, I had a vision of what I wanted our family to look like, what I wanted our relationships to be like when my kids were adults. What would that look like? And I really started to think on that and pray on that. And then I started to think, what would I have to do today that will help me get to that place I'm trying to get to? So if I were to ask you, what do you want to see in your relationships when your children aren't living at home? They don't have to call you and they don't have to come home. What do you want to see? If what you tell me matters, then, and how old, however old your kids are in five years or 10 years, if what you say matters is going to be really important in five, 10, 15 years from now, then it has to matter today. Did you hear that? It has to matter today because what you do today puts you one step closer to that 15-year mark or 10-year mark. And I want you to think about this. You have the opportunity right now because it's an unparalleled situation that's going on in our countries. Yeah, we see the breakdown of the family all over the place. But this is an opportunity for you to build that family that you long to build or to hold on to those close relationships that you already have. See, the importance of relationship, this is number six. You get to become your child's greatest cheerleader. You do. And how do I know homeschooling is making a huge impact (laughs) when you got the Harvard professor? I don't know if y'all read that article, but there was an article put out by a Harvard professor basically saying, you know, homeschooling should be against the law. I mean, It should be parents have no business teaching their kids. They don't know what they're doing. They're clearly not smart enough to teach their kids. Kids should be in a school system surrounded by educational uh, um, adults, uh, adults who have been earned their education degree. While I respect teachers immensely, and I know many of them, and there's some fabulous teachers out there that do a phenomenal job because everybody's not going to homeschool. It's just an option, but I want it to be a legal, viable option. It's what I have fought for for 30 years to make sure that it is available for parents who do want to homeschool. Not everybody has to homeschool, and we need good teachers out there, but you do not have to be a certified early education teacher, or you don't have to be an English major or a science major. You can just be mom who wants to teach your children. There are so many resources out there available to you. And maybe I'll do a podcast on that because I don't want to do that now. I want to get through these 10 points. When you focus on the importance of the relationship, you won't have the kind of relationship you desire without knowing how to encourage your kids, period. No matter how much you want them to enjoy the season of homeschooling, Without spending focused time talking and listening to each other, you won't be able to help that child reach their potential. So you've got to stay focused on building your relationship 
because it's extremely important during the transition years of middle and high school. Number seven, the importance of community. You know, you and I were born and designed and created for community and for relationships. Homeschooling is a lifestyle, and it's richer when it's shared with others. Sharing ideas, laughter, you know, and bad days are made easier when we can share it with someone. So you can accomplish so much when you have direct relationships. And when you do choose to homeschool, don't do it in isolation. Find others that are like-minded that have chosen this option as well, this educational option. Remember, you can have the freedom to make the decisions of when and where and how your child's going to learn. You create the learning environment. You get to help shape, form, mold, and fashion that child into the person they're supposed to be. And when you have the community, they can actually help you stay the course when you're ready to quit. So you may be thinking, oh, but Connie, I would never want to quit. Oh, yes, you will. Because days can be hard. You can have a hard day in the public school system. Your kids can be, can be bullied. They, they can have, you know, get an F on a grade that they studied really, really hard on. And it, it's hard. You can have bad days. You can have bad weeks, you or your child. But when you have a community, they can help encourage you or give you some ideas and pointers on what you can do as well. So connect with others. Build genuine friendships. Those will be the backbone of your success. Number eight, the importance of growth. Remember I said where you start isn't where you're going to end because you're going to grow and change. Well, you're going to have to understand that you're going to be learning and growing and your homeschool journey is going to make twists and turns because every year your child's going to be growing and developing and maturing and you want to understand and you want to maintain that growth mindset so that you are prepared for what's coming ahead. And you know what? You can even anticipate some hiccups that you might have. You may run into some snags along the way, but that's just normal. When you avoid the comparison trap, you're going to eliminate so much of the doubt and worry and confusion or second guessing yourself. So that when you do hit a snag, you're just able to make the adjustments needed for that moment instead of letting it completely derail you. And number nine, the importance of investment. You know, I never thought that homeschooling when I started, I never thought of it as a financial investment, but now I do. As I sat down one day to prepare for a speaking presentation I was giving, uh, I figured out the rate of return uh, was, was for my time uh, spent homeschooling my five kids. By not sending them off to school, by tailoring their education to fit their learning style, and by l- helping them learn to overcome their anxieties, whether it was for test taking or uh, primarily test taking or just being put on the spot or having to deliver an oral presentation, well, I saved our family a significant amount of money. People don't often think about that because I said in my previous point, homeschooling is going to cost you. It is going to cost you, but your investment in homeschooling is actually going to end up saving you 
And I'm just telling you, I mean, I could, I'm not going to give you a dollar amount. I could give you a dollar amount because all five of the kids were homeschooled. And then they all went on to college. They all graduated college debt-free with no student loans and no college prepay. You could probably research what it costs to send a kid to college and multiply that by five and realize that they all went and had no loans, no debt, and no college prepaid. And we had no debt because we weren't paying exorbitant private school costs or we weren't paying for other costs because we were able to, you know, homeschool. So that's that's a, a valuable, uh, a tangible um that's something tangible that you can actually think about as you're considering homeschooling. Now, it isn't something that a lot of parents actually consider when they homeschool, but clearly you should. In a day right now where budgets are tight, your investment, if you choose to homeschool, will pay off in more ways than one. There is a direct return on all your hard work. And 10, the importance of faith. Everyone has his or own reasons for homeschooling. For me, it was an exercise of faith because it was more of a calling than a choice. I knew it was, it, I knew it was that it was an educational option, but it was more than that for us. I was concerned I might ruin the kids. I think most parents are. I think that's just part of being a parent. You're even when you have that baby, you're not quite sure if you're doing it just right because we do kind of second guess ourselves. But as I but as I previously stated, you know, I really didn't know how to teach. Yeah, I was a, I was a speaker. I was a trainer. I was a, I was a communications, public relations person prior to having children. That's why for me, homeschooling was an exercise in faith. I believed if I was called to do this, that I would be equipped to do it well. Now, you know, I realize that not everyone is like me, but everyone wrestles with doubts about whether they can do this thing called homeschooling. So as I close this out, and I want to thank you for being with me, I wanted to go through this because uh, I think this is a, a market time in our history. And to be able to share with you what God has done in our family, and I'm not somebody, I'm not in the trenches anymore. I'm not trying to figure it out. I have tried a lot of curriculum, and I have tossed a lot of curriculum. I have my favorites, and my favorites weren't for all five of the kids. Some kids I had different favorites for because their learning style was different. I could see their calling on their life was different. I could see their gifts, strengths, and talents were different. So I would tailor make the curriculum that fit that child, and that's how I would teach. And I think it's important uh, if y'all ever, you know, if you have questions or something, y'all can always email me or you can message me and we can talk about homeschooling. I know I travel, I speak all around the country and I often speak on homeschooling uh, and parenting because of parenting beyond the rules. But y'all can ask me questions. Again, I'm not selling you, you know, I'm not, I don't have a, a curriculum that I'm selling you. So it's not that I'm trying to persuade you to buy my curriculum. I'm giving you Uh, practical tips and experience that I've gained through trial and error. And sometimes that can be the most invaluable help that you can get as you make a very important decision. Because hindsight is always 20-20, it's my desire that the lessons that I've learned will help you make your homeschooling journey the best it can be. I know what you face day after day. 
I laid my head on that pillow many a night wondering if I could do this well and worrying about all that I didn't get checked off my list that day. However, looking back, I can say with confidence that you can do this. You don't have to constantly be stressed out. You can manage your home well. You can feed your family home-cooked dinners. You can have time for yourself. You can have, if you're married, you can have a strong marriage and a, and a strong family that enjoys doing life together. Homeschooling is one aspect of your life, of what you're doing as a family, that you are not alone. You know, there's millions of kids that are homeschooled. And to that Harvard professor, I would take her on a debate any day because she simply doesn't know the proof. She doesn't know the facts. And she didn't do her research. Homeschooling is a parent's prerogative because their children are given to you to teach and train in the way they should go. You're not alone, even though you may feel like it sometimes. You know, and more importantly, the days may seem long, but golly, you've heard this before, but the years go by fast. And as I have for my Equip to Be podcast, which is partly why the whole Equip to Be podcast came to be, is I have watched time and time again how somebody who was ill-equipped was called to do something, and they did it. So if you feel ill-equipped and you're considering it, I've given you 10 tips, 10 things I would tell my younger self if I was just starting for you to consider and ponder, for you to kind of come up with your own, why would I homeschool? Why is this important? What road will we take? What do I want in the relationships with my family when my kids don't have to call me and they don't have to come home for dinner, but they want to? Thanks for joining me for this episode of Equip to Be. Please, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell them about it. And uh, I would love to hear your comments and questions. You can always find me. You know, I'm pretty much all over the web, and you can email me your questions as well. And you can find me at conferences. I have been keynoting all over the country at different homeschool conferences and parenting conferences. And I just want to be someone that helps you navigate this particular season and this very important decision. So thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you next time. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.